today on this episode of The Right Stuff, we're going to revisit two of my favorite books I have read ever since I have been the host of this show. Coming up next, right here on The Right Stuff. And welcome to The Right Stuff. I'm the Queen Parker J. Thank you so much for joining me. Today, we're going to be talking to my favorite, Rich and Linda Nathan. If you know me, they have been on the show now for several times since 2019 or 2020. I can't remember, but we have just grown in grace in this thing called writing and have really formed a lovely friendship throughout the years. They have been my supporters. They've been my prayer partners, warriors, spiritual warriors, and everything else. And they are the prime example that the Lord can use you no matter where you are in life. Well, you may be thinking, what in the world are you talking about? What is it about Rich and Linda that you are saying that? Well, here's the thing. Rich and Linda are in their 80s, and they have been writing for several years now. And the Lord is using their life experience to help others. And it's absolutely wonderful. It reminds me of Moses in the Bible and other people who are quote unquote mature, whom the Lord has used to bring about his will. I can't wait to have you talk and listen to Rich and Linda Nathan in just a few moments. As always, I want to thank you for your support. We have been showcasing Christian authors worldwide for the past nine years. And as God gives us grace, we'll continue to do so. To find out how you can help out, simply go to patreon.com slash right stuff and see what you can do. And as always, we covet your prayers. To stay up to date with PJC Media, simply go to pjcmedia.net, click on that pink follow button, and you'll never, ever have to miss a show. And so, without further ado, I'm going to bring on Rich and Linda Nathan. Guys, how are you doing today? Hi, Parker. Yes. Things are intense, yes. I know they may be intense, but you handle the pressure so well. And I know you handle it only because the grace of God and the Spirit of God is alive within you. Thank you for being with me today. Well, we love being with you. Now, Rich and Linda, I know you were probably thinking, why is she saying all these things about us? <laughs> yeah, what is she going to ask for next? Uh, <laughs> Am I paying you for that? No, not at all. As you already know, online and offline, I have really appreciated your friendship and your prayers throughout the years. And I want our listeners to know about your books because the third book in this series is coming out. But I figure it'll be a good time to review the material from before so people who are now really becoming aware of the subtle intricacies and entrance of New Age thought and philosophy into the church, they need to be able to read these books in a fictional way to kind of help them out. So we're going to get to the glittering web in just a moment. But before I do that, I want people to know a little bit about you. So go ahead and share. Short version. We met in 1962 in San Francisco, right, as the whole revolution, counter-revolution hippie thing was starting it, and we were living in the Haight-Ashbury, the, the node of it all. At the time, it was just a quiet little neighborhood, and then suddenly it erupted in this enormous thing that hasn't stopped. And we spent like 14 years going through the psychedelic occult movement uh, aspects of it, got involved in spiritualism, uh, you name it, the early New Age movement, the psychedelics, 
So by about mid-1976, we were sinking really deeply. And we'd gone back to school to try to make something of our lives. And he was going to be a doctor and I was going to be a lawyer. And, you know, I mean, it was this madness of trying to make something out of our lives when we knew we were sinking. And at that point, I got cancer. And I was 35, hadn't been able to have children uh, in all those years. And marriage was uh, totally down in the rocks. And I went to see a friend who happened to be a gay Episcopal minister. (laughs) God really has a sense of humor, I think. Anyway, I don't think the man was saved, but he was, we'd met him in an occult psychology course. And anyway, God bless his soul. He gave me a little booklet about that was part of the Episcopal church in those days of the order of St. Luke, the physician about how Christ still heals today. And I was sitting alone in the chapel looking at reading this little booklet. And it said, it's a simple matter for Christ to put his hand on the chaos that is cancer and bring order. And I was healed at that moment. And it turned out, I mean, the heavens just opened. And the Lord spoke to me, not in audible words, but just in a knowing. I knew this was the one that I was going to follow. And he said to go drop out of school, start going to that church. And I was going to have a baby. And I was 35 at the time. And anyway, I'm scheduled for a hysterectomy. Oh, I was scheduled for, yeah, yeah, that week I was scheduled for a hysterectomy. Turned out my doctor was a Christian who had been praying for me, praise God. And he took another biopsy. I was clean and I did have a baby. Richard got saved within a couple of weeks. I had a, that's another miracle story in itself. Do you want to share that briefly? Well, yeah, yeah, just to say it briefly, I didn't believe that there was any such thing as sin of God. I didn't believe. He'd been raised uh, a Marxist. Yeah, I mean, except that I thought, well, we're all gods. Yeah, you know, the, the new, new age, age. Yeah, insanity. And God showed me that sin was a dungeon and I was in the dungeon and I wasn't going to get out on my own. I needed to be rescued, I, which God translated as I needed to be saved. And that's the first time in my life that I understood that biblical phrase that used to be uh, plastered all over the place on billboards, Jesus saves. And I wondered about that, you know, as a little boy. What does that mean, you know? And not the slightest clue what that meant. But suddenly I thought, oh, Jesus saves from the dungeon of sin. And then suddenly it's like the lights came on and I realized that that I had been deceived, incredibly deceived, and that there was a God and that God was good. And that was just so revolutionary for me. I was a Marxist revolutionary. This was far more revolutionary, you know, that there is a God who made the universe and hallelujah. And loves us. God is good. You know, he's not a monster somewhere, science fiction monster, but he is good. He is love. He is a creator. He is a redeemer. And that the Bible was his speaking truth and that I had to listen to that Bible and just everything in my life turned around at that point. And I won't go into details. There isn't time, but... Including our marriage turned around. Yeah. We had a son the next year. Yes. Richard ended up going to seminary. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, we God just 
we both dropped out of school. I mean, it was revolutionary. I mean, if you want a real revolution, it's becoming a Christian. Uh, is becoming a Christian is being yeah. the real revolution. And we were converts from paganism. And so our books reflect that. Our books are set in sort of the futuristic setting, but they bear our testimony to the times because we are really trying to help those who are lost in that darkness right now. And it seems like a really good way to reach them with these sci-fi futuristic novels are so popular with young people. They'll read something like that, but they won't read maybe a, you know, a treatise on the Bible or that or some nonfiction thing. So we have our characters, our new converts from paganism. Of course, to get saved, that's the first part. I guess you'd figure that out from our books. The Glittering Web uh, is a a novel about spiritual deception and terrible trials uh, involved in in, um, waking up out of that. So our whole series is really designed to reach and help those uh, struggling with these issues that we have struggled with now for over 40 years since being Christians, waking up to the battle with the world, the flesh, and the devil. It's fascinating as I listen to you, Linda and Rich, your story, and I enjoy when you share what the Lord has done for you and how he has brought you out of darkness into his light. And you only touched on those small things, but for you, as you said, it was revolutionary because you had thought that you were revolutionary and you were simply a slave to sin, to Satan. And so I tell this story all the time because it was just so funny how I connected with Rich and Linda because I saw the book on a Goodreads feed, I believe, with Peter Young Husband. And I said, oh, that looks interesting. That looks like something I'd want to read. And I picked up the book. And I started to do a live reading and I'm sending all of these messages to Linda and she has no idea. And I sent all these messages just sharing my impressions of the story as I was reading it. And it was phenomenal and I enjoyed it. And then that from there, they became slaves to write stuff because I have them on all the time and I enjoy reading their works. And so today we're going to review books one and two of the Omega Point series, which is what this is called. The first book is The Glittering Web. The second book is Darkness Comes In Like a Flood. And those books are aptly titled because in the first book, our main characters are understanding that they think they're in this glittering, beautiful truth, and it's not the truth. And then in Darkness Comes In Like a Flood, they realized that what they thought was glittering wasn't, but was strict darkness. And so I can't wait to tell you about that. And they were going to tell you about the study guide that's attached to book two, which is so important because subtle new age philosophies, thoughts, techniques, and other things under that umbrella are entering the church and entering secularism. So we need to be aware of what's going on. But first, let's go ahead and review The Glittering Web first. Who are our main characters that we'll be following in the Omega Point series? Lauren and Eve Von Kress. And we actually have a free prequel you can read. It's short and kind of humorous on our website, richardlindanathan.com. And you just sign up and you can get a free download of the prequel. And so Lauren and Eve are, at the time, they are in their 30s and they're living in in Seattle in the year 2050. 
And it's a one world government called Harmony. And you might. And a one world religion. And a one world religion, right, called Harmony. And anyway, they want to be gods. And so that's the promise is they can be gods, but they can be God without sin, without acknowledging sin or the devil or anything like that. So, and that's the, one of the big draws of the New Age movement is that we are all gods and you just have to kind of find your inner powers. And so they go through all these adventures, some of which are very real to what we went through, and they get really tangled up. They join the Arcane Institute as new initiates, and they run into the, they, they become under the authority of the disciples to this Reginald and Jasmine Crenford, who run the Arcane Institute and are world leaders in harmony. And so they begin to dive into these deep, dark secrets that are part of the New Age movement and part of the Arcane Institute and Harmony and a lot of what's going on in our society today. And they just have all sorts of adventures. And I want to say Richard started writing this series something like 25 years ago and just kind of the outline, like drafts. And we had them all these years and we just felt like, we should keep him, work on him. We played with him. We'd read him to each other and laugh over scenes and write scenes and throw things out. And you know how it is being a writer. But we didn't think in terms of publishing him especially. But as times have gone on and now we're in our current time, it's like the whole book was basically really real. And it's realistic to our times and to people who are trapped in these things. And gradually, we began to see the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. was supervising mm-hmm. the novel. And, and it looked, Linda the wrote part, and I wrote part. And then somehow the Holy Spirit hovered over the whole thing and mm-hmm. made it into what he wanted it to be, mm-hmm. which was far beyond what we could comprehend. At the uh, times, yeah. But uh, it was an amazing process. And it's been woven in our lives over the years and woven with our culture and our times and observing the times. And we've seen the whole movement of the 60s and the 70s of the occult movement, the New Age movement came roaring in in those years in the 80s. And we began to see the subtlety of it uh, entering the churches as new Christians. We began to see the same thing in the churches that we had just escaped from. And began to wonder, well, what's going on here? Why do Christians seem so blind? And Well, that's why you say and call the book The Glittering Web, because it glitters. Last night, my husband and I went outside and we looked up into the sky and we could see the stars. And they were absolutely beautiful. And they were studded in the night sky. It was gorgeous. But I remember thinking there is more darkness up there than there is stars. I can remember thinking that. And it brings me back to the whole thing about the glittering web because Lauren and Eva, they think they're entering into harmony when they're actually entering into disharmony. They think they're entering into brotherhood, actually entering into anarchy. And they think they're entering into a new way of existence where they're actually going toward destruction. And in the book, and I know it mirrors some parts of your life, they discover all of this and they realize the web that glittered was a web that entrapped them. Oh, well said. Yeah, you ought to write the book for us. (laughs) 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 Yeah, you've got the idea and that we've lived that. And it's terrible to look around and see Christians involved. I talked to a senior editor at a major Christian publishing house. Oh, it must have been 
20 years ago, and I was trying to talk to him about New Age movement in our book and stuff, and he said, uh, oh, New Age, that's passe, that's gone now. And I thought, gone? It's become mainstream, and it's just got new names, you yeah. know? Uh, now it's wokeness. Wokeness, yeah. I mean, we were woke back in the 60s, and so it's none of this is surprising. We also deal with psychedelic drugs in the book, too, which was part of the delusion that it leads you uh, into. And also the mental health oh, the mental system, health system that has become part of the glittering web where people are caught up in in these vain, that is, empty philosophies. Yeah. And they're looking for healing, and what they get is demonic deception that drags them further into darkness. So the drugs, the occult, the the leftist things that are going on are all part of that web that is uh, attacking the church, and it's also attacking the world. You know, it's a global deception. I should say that Richard retired a couple of years ago after working 30 years in locked psychiatric wards. And I have a degree in psychology. And so we know something about the inner workings and deceptions uh, that are going on in that field. Not to say all of it is bad or that every caregiver is evil or anything like that. But there are definite deceptions going on. And we have some of them in our books. And that deception glitters. And you can see that in the book as you see in real life. So even though the book is in a near future dystopian society, you can see traces of this in our current culture. And I think good fiction, especially when it comes to Christian fiction, that really wants to shine a light on these practices, learns how to interweave seamlessly these ideas. And in The Glittering Web, Lauren and Eva think they're in light, but they're in darkness. And just to a note for our listeners out there, last year, Rich and Linda's show that they did with me called Psychedelic Seduction, that was our number one show listened to last year. And there's a small little book that that talks about psychedelics and how harmful they are, not just to your mind, but to your soul as well. And in The Glittering Web, you touch on this because they do take these psychedelics to enter into an altered state of consciousness. And you were telling us the last time we talked that this is happening now. People are advocating for psychedelics as a form of therapy, as a form of mental health assistance. It's coming into the mental health movement in massive droves. It's like one of the biggest Uh, The pharmaceutical industry is beginning to manufacture all these psychedelic drugs as psychiatric drugs. It's massive. You can read it in our booklet, Psychedelic Seduction, which has sold Lighthouse Trails Publishing's website for $1.95, 20 pages. And it talks about the deceptiveness of these drugs. They're not just drugs that the really deceptive part about these drugs is that they do on some levels, people are using them to help people with PDST or, you know, various problems. They're experimenting a great deal with them at Johns Hopkins, all over the place. All sorts of major institutions are jumping on the psychedelic drug bandwagon. But they don't understand that this is a, a drug that's been used for centuries for sorcery, that this opens you up to demons. That, that's what happened to us. We took LSD. We began uh, being taught by demons and led deeper and deeper into the occult. And I just thank God that we survived and are reasonably sane, I guess, Richard. (laughs) We don't have each other to judge. But anyway, it's it's horribly dangerous. And Lauren and Eve, you know, in fact, at one point, Lauren says in the the book, 
Well, now that I've joined the Arcane Institute and I've found the real source of wisdom, now I don't have to take drugs to get to think I'm God, but I always come down from thinking I'm God, see. And one of the attributes of LSD is that it makes you think you're God. It makes you feel like you're God. It's one of the most common effects of it. So these are truly dangerous drugs, and there are people bringing them into the churches. And uh, I heard about one plot that somebody shared with me. I assume there's some truth to it, of somebody who was going to try to slip LSD into communion wafers so that Christians could get more, get more spiritual. So this stuff is not out in the backwoods anymore. It's right here on our front table, and we need to wake up as Christians. So we hope our books can help do that. I think, too, in book two, Darkness Comes in Like a Flood, now that the glittering web has been shattered, Lauren and Eva are suddenly thrust into how dark this darkness is. And as you were talking about how these major institutions give legitimacy to these alternative medicinal paths, it helps to bring in that darkness. It starts to overflow. And so Lauren and Eva in the second book, they're on the run for their lives. It literally picks up from the end of the first book and they're on the run for their lives. So Rich, as you go through the second book, what are the readers going to learn from their journey with Lauren and Eva? Eve. It's Eve, by the way, not Eva. I mean to say Eve, but I do keep saying Eva. <laughs> so Eve. <laughs> pretty similar uh, pretty anyway. Sim- it's hard to put it in a little package because there's so much in there of the struggle, the spiritual struggles that they didn't just enter into the Christian life in a really easy a comfortable movement. It was like a fiery blast Mm -hmm. of God just coming down and and shattering illusions and their lives were like a uh, house of cards. And, you know, you build a house of cards and all it takes is a little flick of your finger and it all collapses. And that's what happened is God did a little flick of his fingers in our lives and in the lives of these characters And the whole facade collapsed, and they began to see just how terrible the bondage was. And it was a bondage to evil, and they didn't believe in evil, as Linda and I did not believe in evil until we were confronted by the Holy Spirit with the gospel, you know, that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified freely by the grace that comes through Christ Jesus. And that whole thing was just not a just amazing, surprising grace. And humbling. And God has done that throughout history with people, rescuing them. And he still does, and he continues to do it because the gospel is the most powerful force in the universe. You know, it's uh, God created the universe And then he created the gospel to redeem the universe. He came to set the captives free, and that's what he's doing right now. He's setting the captives free. And when darkness comes in like a flood, you can feel overwhelmed because the darkness is opaque. It's heavy. It's filled with things you don't understand. And the darkness can be terrifying. But then all you need is a little light. 
All you need is one single flame of a candlestick and it obliterates the darkness and people will always be drawn or repelled by the light. And then when darkness comes in like a flood in that book, they discover a world that was hidden from their eyes in the first book, The Glittering Web. Now, I want to talk about the study guide that really is going to help the reader get a better understanding of what's going on in this world. So go ahead and tell us about the study guide. Well, it surprised me when the Lord really indicated that we needed a study guide for book two, because I thought, well, who's going to want to do a study guide to a fiction novel? But I really felt that was something that was needed. And it's meant to help people go deeper into the book, the world of the book, and to understand those who are coming out of the New Age movement, out of occultism, out of darkness in general, people who are new converts from paganism. I'll tell you, our experiences in churches has not been easy. It's not easy coming out of these things, being thrust into a, a Christian church where often people are kind of in their comfortable little niche, you know, and they don't want well, my first memory of, uh, as a new Christian was back in a church, and I remember feeling like I had invaded somebody's little parlor where they were having a tea party, and I was like a madwoman saying, you don't know what's out there, you know, wake up, wake up, and they were all going, oh dear, who let her in? It was that kind of feeling that I've often felt in the church where well, that should be our sanctuary. So anyway... Lord and Eve are new converts from paganism. I should say the title, Darkness Comes In Like a Flood, comes from the scripture. When darkness comes in like a flood, the Lord will lift up a standard against it. So there's this implicit promise in that title. It's out of Isaiah 59. Uh, So the study is to help people remain faithful and to grow in discernment and to understand the battle and to help others who are new Christians. Yeah, and to understand that the banner is the gospel yes, of Christ, the, gospel. the eternal gospel that will never pass away. We are hoping that people will actually be led to start study groups. We'd be happy to help them. We give our email and stuff in here. What, the way we set it up is we open the, uh, each chapter has a really brief summary of what that chapter is, and then it goes into maybe some easy questions and some hard questions. We call them meat questions or milk questions. Uh, some are more volatile than others and make people think. Then we have a section on going deeper. And so what is behind that chapter? That chapter maybe was on, say, psychedelic. So the going deeper section talks about what's going on in our society today, why this is a problem, why Christians need to be aware of it. There's 26 chapters, so there's 26 foci, I think that's the word, on uh, various topics of our times that goes into depth that helps a person who's doing this to arm themselves in Christ and learn how different God's ways are from our ways and how to apply this to our culture. So church history. And church history is so important, understanding church history. And then there's three appendices at the end to help the persons. There's putting on the armor of God. I forget what all the three are. But anyway, there's three appendices, understanding the battle, putting on the armor, and talks about church history, talks about our times. So anyway, that should be coming out fairly soon. It's almost ready, and that will be made available. You can sign up on our website, and you'll be received notice. Um, that's richardlindanathan.com. 
and you'll receive notice of well get a regular email when these things are coming out and it can, it was, can be sold together with the yeah it can book. be sold together with the second book or given away as a gift or whatever so we're working on that right now and i'm so excited for our listeners to hear this wonderful trio of things that you have available and then you can read a prequel by going to their website as well so you're going to be fully entrenched into this world and I'm just so glad, Rich and Linda, that you took time to be with me today. You know, I always enjoy having you. And I want our listeners to get their copies of The Glittering Web, which is book one of the Omega Point series, and Darkness Comes In Like a Flood, which is book two of the series as well. Get the study guide, share it with your friends. It's good, clean fiction, but it's not safe. It has a grittiness to it without it being completely violent, and it opens your thoughts and hearts to the subtleties of New Age philosophy thoughts that you should be aware of and be on guard against in your family, in your church, and your spheres of influence that the Lord has blessed you with. Now, in the few moments that we have left, Rich and Linda, I want you to encourage our authors out there whom God has given the gift to write to pick up the pen and do so. Well, I would say it's like a fire that never goes out, that we just have to do it. I imagine other people feel that way. You sure must, Parker. Uh, wouldn't you say so, Richard? It just, there, it arises out of our, our lives. Uh, I remember when I was a child, I said to my mom uh, that I would like to be a writer. I didn't know what that meant. And she says, oh, well, you need to wait till you're, you really have something where you can write about that you know what you're talking about. So I thought that meant I would have to be 50 years old or something before I wrote, because when do you ever get that, you know? But I didn't understand there were all sorts of ways that one could write. I got into journalism, actually, uh, in high school and was an editor of a school paper. So I did all sorts of things like that, but I didn't think I could write in the sense of writing books or fiction until the Lord freed me for it. it it's a call, you know. I just think it's a call, and you got to pray for the Holy Spirit to give you that fire and perseverance. You know, for me, it started as telling stories. I yes. really just He's the storyteller. to tell stories to my son. And we were in circumstances where I, I was driving around with him. He was like six I, years I would, old. I would just start telling a story as I drove. And, he, you know, and I just get to a certain point of stopping. And then he'd say, and then what happened? Like we have Sir Wilfred Croak, you know, yeah, I mean, well, there was they, also Heathcliff the horse. They started out as children's stories. Yes, yeah. I thought it was an easy step into adult, yeah. adult stories. <laughs> yeah, Richard's really the storyteller. I love that you share that because I know that storytelling is usually a family thing. And children are inspired by the stories that we tell. And for our listeners out there, as you listen to the story that Rich and Linda told, what are you doing with the story that's within you? Are you using it? Are you going to share that story with your family, your friends? Has God given you a story that can help others come out of darkness and into light like Rich and Linda did? What are you doing with that? Are you sitting on it? Why don't you go ahead, pick up the pen, and write stuff? Thank you so much for joining me for this edition of The Right Stuff. I'm the Queen, Parker J, and you have a wonderful, absolutely glorious, blessed day.